Well, it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for a very special Studs Up, brought to you by Odds Checker and Skybet, because this one is all about the Cheltenham Festival. We're just a few days away now from one of the greatest sporting events there is anywhere in the world. And we've got a cracking lineup of guests who are joining us this week. But as always, I'm joined by my Studs Up strike partner, Charlie Austin, who is no doubt as excited as we all are for Cheltenham. Um, Chaz, how are you? You looking forward to it? I am, Al. How are you? I'm good, mate. I am looking forward to it. It's an um, exciting time of the year, isn't it? So hopefully from our two special guests this week, we can uh, pick a few winners. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's what we're hoping that this podcast can do, find us some winners. But before we talk racing and Cheltenham, once again, it seems like a weekly thing. QPR back in the winner's circle and, and in great form. Hey, I'm real. 2-0 against Bristol City. We battered them, to be fair. They kind of pressed us. We passed through the press and scored two goals first 20 minutes and killed the game off. And then we had a, a game that I could only describe against Wickham last night, which was the coaching horses versus the highwaymen. Half past 10 on a Sunday morning would give that game a run for its money last night. Honestly, it was awful. But we got the three <laughs> points. That was the main thing. And we're in the top half of the table. So we've got three games before the international break coming up. And look, it's looking good for the Yards at the moment. I um I saved it from last week because you were fresh from a loss. So I didn't want to rub it in, but I was watching um Soccer Saturday or whatever, and you'd scored a goal two weeks ago. And the pitch side reporter, they cut to him and they said, tell us about the goal for, for Charlie Austin. And he goes, yeah, and it was a volley from no yards whatsoever. I mean, it was literally <laughs> the definition of a tapping, wasn't it? All it said after, mate, was Birmingham nil, QPR one, Austin scored. Nothing about in off the bar <laughs> or in off the post, mate, just one nil. Now tell us, Cheltenham for you, what does it mean to you, Chaz? It's an exciting time, mate. Eh? I know it's completely different this year, but it's an exciting time. The lads get together. We obviously the talk about it. Oh, who knows what about Cheltenham? The, you go down the, the pub and stuff, obviously, when you can, and everyone's talking about the Cheltenham Festival. Look, it's an exciting time for everybody. I just for me it just it's an excitement from, from Tuesday right through to the Friday, and it's nice to be a part of it. Do you remember your first Cheltenham memory? My first chat, my grand goes, right? He goes every year. He took me when I was eight, 18, I think it was. Am I 18? Yeah, it must have been when I was 18. Anyway, it was when Denman won, his, won the Gold Cup. Is that 2008? Uh, something around then, yeah. Incredible. When he won, that was my first Cheltenham proper memory. And it was just what, what one to be reminded by. And in one of the earlier studs up, you told us this great story about, I think it was last year, wasn't it? When Envoy Allen... Um, when he was racing, he wanted to get to the fence to take a photo of him. Because um, mm. these are the the best horses there are in training, the best of the best. Mate, I was with the wife, yeah? And um, it was obviously on the Wednesday when it was, so we had a couple of pints before, and I said to her, I'm going down the front to see Envoy Allen come in. She's like, what? what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a photo when he's coming in. She was like, you're a weirdo, mate. Anyway, <laughs> there was me taking a photo, and I was walking back all chuffing myself. She's obviously filmed me taking a photo of it. But that's what it meant to me. You just want to see these superstars in action, don't you? And me being a sportsman as well, being involved in professional sport, to certainly, look, I just love to see him in action. Uh, and we are going to see him in action next week at the Cheltenham Festival. And he's now trained by this week's special guest on Studs Up, um, a man who has got nine festival wins to his name. He's got a leading fantasy in the champion hurdle, the Gold Cup, to name a few. He's got a host of live chances at Cheltenham. I'm delighted to say that joining us for our Cheltenham special 
is leading trainer Henry de Bromhead. Henry, thank you for joining us. How are the excitement levels your end? Yeah, look, it's all good. Um, obviously getting pretty, uh, maybe possibly stressed out and psyched up by, uh, for it all, but, uh, every, you know, everything coming together. Anyway. Is it very stressful for you? Yeah, I mean, look, you just want everything to go right. You want to try and get everything there as best as you can. As uh, Charlie said, you know, these are top-end athletes. And um, as any sportsman knows, you know, you, like the, an injury isn't ever too far away. So you're, you're, you're trying to uh, get them there in one piece and as best as you can. The preparations, I guess, are pretty much all done now, right? It's just a case of logistically getting them over to, to England. But are you happy with how the preparations have gone for your horses? Yeah, I am. Yeah, they all seem good. Um, they're all in good form. They've, they've sort of done their more serious bits of work and it's just ticking them over now. And uh, as I say, trying to get them there in one piece. Uh, before we talk about the the big runners from your stable this year, I just I asked Charlie the question about his first and early memories of Cheltenham. What what, what about you? When when were the sort of early memories for for Cheltenham for you? I've sort of vague ones of, of the late seventies, um, early eighties, but I'd say Dawn Run. She was owned by Charmian Hill from Waterford, and um, her, you know when she won the champion hurdle, that was that was a, probably a standout one that I really remember. Yeah. She was an amazing mare, obviously, and then to come back and win the Gold Cup as well. Chaz, I'm going to ask you first before I ask Henry, but as a footballer and a professional sportsman, are you superstitious? Do you put one sock on before the other or anything like that? I do everything on my right side first. Right shin pad, right tape everything up, put the right boot on, then do me left. I don't know, it's stupid. Have you done that all your career? I think so, yeah. Uh, 31 years old, I've still got superstitions. (laughs) <laughs> and then if I don't do something like it's even to the point yeah I've, if I'm that other side of my career now if I'm listening to a certain kind of music before the game some of the stuff they put on now in the change rooms are awful mate so I listen to my own stuff and um if I have a good game like I continue that if I have a poor game that's it mate chuck that straight out the window like the music's <laughs> to blame for me performing badly uh, I, wonder, straws, mate. <laughs> I wonder if, um, Henry, do you put your sort of right shoe on before you're left, before you grace the Cheltenham <laughs> turf? <laughs> I can't say I do. I can't say I do. I, I tap my head a lot when I see magpies. But other than that, I'm, I'm, really, yeah. I'm not too bad. You know, we're talking about rituals and going and stuff like that. Do you do anything specific? Like, you know, when your runners are, are out going onto a track before they race. Do you go anywhere like on your own? To, would you prefer to watch it on your own or would you like to watch it with with the owners or anything like that? It kind of varies. So after when I watched Sizing Europe win the champion chase, I watched a lot yeah. of races under that stand on that television. And then we had no winners for years. So that wasn't <laughs> working. Then when Special Diara won the champion chase, I watched in the parade ring. So that, so I did that for a lot of races. Then when things weren't, <laughs> so it kind of varies. But yeah, yeah. we watch a lot of races in the parade ring now. And if that's not working, I'd head down to the track and watch a track side. Um, I saw Balco de Flo win the Ryanair there with our crew, with our team that were over. And that was very exciting. So it would sort of vary as to where I'm feeling I'm having a bit of luck. And just tell us that feeling, because a lot of the time we spent on studs up talking to footballers. But for for someone in racing to have a winner at the Cheltenham Festival, and you've had you've trained some greats to win there. You've mentioned the Champion Chase, the Ryanair. But just how 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 satisfying and special is that moment? 
Oh, it's amazing. You know, it's it's our Olympics. Obviously, as everyone knows, it's it's the pinnacle and it's where anyone that gets international hunt racing, you know, they want to have a winner. So, yeah, it's it's, it's relief and it's just joy. You know, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. And then bang, you're on to the next race. <laughs> so, but it is. It's it's incredible. And that's the thing about Cheltenham, isn't it? Because it, it can either can go one or two ways, isn't it? The first race, and we'll talk about the first race on day one now, the Skybet Supreme. Everyone who I speak to in racing, they, they want to get on the board early. They want to get the monkey off the back for that year so that the pressure isn't there. Like, you know, have you had a winner yet? And you can just sort of drop the shoulders a bit. And in the Skybet Supreme, the first race on day one, uh, you've got one potentially two runners in it, I think. Um, but Bally Adam looks to be a, a, a runner of yours in that race. Is that your thinking, that it will just be Bally Adam in that race? I know Bob Ollinger is still in the race. Yeah, we're planning to run Irascible and Bally Adam. Uh, we're pretty sure Bob Ollinger will go for the Ballymore. Uh, we've just left him in, but I think it's highly likely he'll go for the Ballymore. So with Bally Adam, who has some very good form behind, appreciate it. And so does Irascible. He was second to him at Christmas, only a second run over hurdles. And he, he wasn't as good. He was fifth behind him when Bally Adam was, was second uh, uh, in February. But both are in good form and looking forward to it. I've got to ask you just at this juncture, because obviously you've, you've received a few of the Cheveley Park horses that were formerly trained by Gordon Elliott. So you, you haven't, and that happened, what, a week ago or so that they came to the yard. So you, you haven't had an awful lot of time to get to know Bally Adam, but I'm assuming that you've done all you can to find out as much about the horses as possible. Have you chatted to Gordon about the training that needed to be done, the, the feed that the horse likes, how he likes to be ridden and things like that? Yeah, yeah, they arrived down looking great, and Gordon's been really helpful. So it's it's obviously not ideal, but they seem good. They've settled in well, and hopefully it'll all work out. Was most of their training done in terms of sort of serious work? Was it a case of just ticking them over? Yeah, very much so. So um, obviously, Quilixios and Bally Adam had run at the Champions Weekend at the Dublin Racing Festival. So, you know, they've run recently enough and Envoy had run a couple of weeks prior to that. So so they've done plenty. And as I say, they look really well and hopefully everything will go OK. So, Henry, obviously, with the horses that you got from Cheveley Park, have you had to, to do much different to what obviously Gordon was doing previously? Well, we, we, funny, we, we use the same feed as Gordon, so um, that there's not much change there. And other than that, yeah, we've tried to keep it as similar as possible, but, you know, it is a, obviously a change of yard, so it's not going to be exactly the same. But they seem to have settled in really well, and, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they, they seem good. I was speaking to AP McCoy, actually, on a preview night the other day, and, and he said a very good analogy. He, he said, it's not like they're leaving the Dorchester to go and live in a tent. They're leaving, you know, one <laughs> premier yard to live in another premier yard. So, look, um, best of luck with Bally Adam. I, I guess a lot of the attention, Chaz, will be about appreciate it, who's beaten Bally Adam a couple of times and, and looks the leading hope of the Irish. But do you think the English novices can serve it up to appreciate it and Bally Adam? Yeah, I think so. I think so, mate. I do. Soaring glory. Bet for hurdle winner. A big improver. Look, his jumping's slick, which obviously needed at Cheltenham, but it beat Braves Man's game off levels, don't forget. And Paul Nichols reckons this can't be beat. So, it goes there with a great chance, no? For me. Yeah. For me, I think he's got a yeah, great I, chance if he runs. 
I'd agree. Yeah, if he runs, there is uh, a small question whether he, he does run. Um, but if he runs, he's got a good chance. I think Metier from Harry Fry is a good horse. I think it's a really good supreme, actually, with Appreciator, obviously the sort of flag bearer at the top of the market for the Irish. But Henry, I'm sure, will be hoping that Bally Adam can um, can do the business in the, in the first race. Then we get on to race two, which is the Sporting Life Arkle. And Henry, you've trained some great two-milers. Um, this is a race that is exhilarating to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a super race, absolutely. Yeah, we were lucky enough to win it with um, Sizing Europe and uh, put the kettle on last year. Yeah, look, it's it's a really good race. There's there's so there's loads of pace there with Enigamine, all mankind, and even our lad could be handy away. You know, so like it's flat out two miles, and um, we'll see. Our guy Captain Guinness is in great form. He's going to improve for the better ground. Uh, he's a little bit unfortunate to fall at the second last at Leopardstown when when going very well. I know he's got a bit to find with Enigamine, but. Uh, if the ground is, uh, as you'd expect, you know, if it's sort of good to soft, I think that'll suit him really well. And um, yeah, hoping for a big run for him. The, the the talk in the in the media is very much that this is a sort of two horse race between Shishkin and, and Enigamin, um, sort of the English and the Irish stars, if you like, locking horns. But do you think that does a disservice to all mankind, to Captain Guinness, who are who are live contenders as well? Look, I mean, obviously the two, the first two in the betting, Shiskin and, and Enigamine have been so impressive. I probably have to just speak from from my perspective. You know, I kind of focus on my guys. I, I think uh, our guy, he, I think he's a good value each way bet in the race. You know, I'm not saying he'll win it, but he's usually a fantastic jumper. Uh, he travels really well. So from from my perspective, I just think our guy has a real good chance. With regards to the other two, Enigamine's done a lot, all his winning on, on very soft or heavy ground, uh, although he has been very impressive. Um, and obviously Shiskin, you know, his his um, form is savage. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating race, uh, but um, delighted to have our guy in it. Chaz, who are you going to be telling the dressing room at QPR to be siding with in the Sporting Life Arkle? I think Shishkin, I know that's, but you can't not be impressed by what, what he's done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You can't be. All mankind, yeah, great. And, and the Jameen that you've seen, but I just don't think you can't, you can turn your nose up at Shishkin. I know he's short, but it's, his form is incredible. And, and like Henry said, the word savage is not used lightly, shall we say, <laughs> yeah. regarding, regarding Shishkin. Yeah, that's a fascinating. I mean, the first three races, well, first f- four races with the Ultima in, in between the Arkle and the Champion Hurdle, but the day one is always just the most unbelievable day's racing. I cannot wait for it. And the big race on day one is the Champion Hurdle, where Henry, you train the the mighty mare Honeysuckle. What a treat to be training a mare of that that quality. How, how is she, and how has her preparation gone? Yeah, she seems in great form, as you say. Yeah, look, we we feel very lucky to have her. Um, she's an amazing mare and she's in mighty form. She was really good in the Irish champion hurdle and just ticked her away now. And, and she seemed touch wood, she seems good for next week. You've got some pretty tough nuts to crack in terms of Epitont, the defending champion, and Goshen as well. How, how do you see the race unfolding? Because a lot of people are, are tipping Honeysuckle based on the fact that her stamina is going to kick into effect. Is, is that going to prove, do you think, to be her biggest asset on the day? 
Oh, look, we'll see. Um, we've got a lot of tough nuts to crack. You know, it's a savage race. And uh, stamina, yeah, possibly. Look, she jumps and she travels. Um, so we'll see. I, You know, I haven't, Rachel and I haven't really got into that as yet. But we also have Aspar Tower in the race. He was brilliant at, at um, Christmas. Mm. He ran really well. He's only a five-year-old like Goshen. He never really turned up at the Triumph Hurdle last year. So you guys haven't really seen him. You know, he's, he's a very good horse as well. And possibly Jason the Militant in the race, who was very impressive in the Red Mills Hurdle the other day. So how the race will unfold, I mean, that's probably more Rachel's department than mine. So we'll, we'll see nearer the time. I heard um, Lester Piggott, there was a quote, he said, um, if you're a good jockey, you don't need any instructions. And if you're a bad jockey, you can't carry them out. So there's no point telling them. Are you a, are you a trainer that, that gives many instructions to, to Rachel? Uh, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to get out of the habit of it. I'm probably a bit of a control freak. And uh, so I probably, yeah, I, I wouldn't think I'm the easiest person to ride for. But um, I'm trying to get more and more relaxed. You know, it, it's, a, you know, uh, like Rachel's so good. You know, you just, I, I, I just need to teach myself to leave it to her, you know. And I'm sure she just ignores anything stupid I say. Anyhow, in fairness to yeah. Chaz, did you have any managers that would always be in your ear telling you what to do? And you're like, just shut up. I know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, mate. It's almost like the saying is, don't teach me how to suck eggs. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the saying for it. Do you know what I mean? And listen, I get the man management, the tactical side of it, but when I'm in the box, just let me do my thing. It's probably Rachel <laughs> gets on the horse. She's like, Henry, just let me. I'm in control now. You've done all you can. Now it's up to, now it's up to me. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what it's like for every footballer when they go across the white line. I think it'd be Henry does all the stuff at, at, tra- at the yard and all that kind of stuff. But the moment it comes to match day and race day, as soon as the jockey's got the horse in it, in his or her's hands, and it's the baton's been passed over. I, um, Barry Garrity was riding for me years ago, and um, anyhow, I was going on and on giving the instructions and blah blah blah. And he looked at me and said, Henry, I, I, I've done this before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bless he was walking you. out of the ring. He was walking out of the ring, and I walked over and said, Oh, one more thing, Barry. And he sort of pretended he had a pen, a pen and a pad. And uh, <laughs> as if he was going to write down my last little note. Anyway, he duly won and he ignored, you know, he didn't need any of my help. That is tremendous. <laughs> Learning that you're a bit of a box walker, perhaps, um, standing in your lucky yeah. spots. Um, Chaz, go on then. Are we all on the Henry de Bromhead honeysuckle camp for the champion hurdle? I certainly am. I think she's one of the best bets of the week. What about you? Yeah, I think so. Definitely go straight up to the, to the joint top with one we will come on after. But one thing I, what I'm going to take away from it, Aspire Tower, Henry said, didn't really turn up in the trap. It comes second, beat all mankind half a length, and the trainer said it didn't really turn up. Yeah, I'm well, thinking it's got to be, to be in for... Not, not to sort of pop that balloon, but Goshen would have won by about 50 lengths if he didn't come down. At but the, he did, at oh, the, yeah, same. <laughs> oh, chap, yeah, well, that's what I mean, but he didn't. He come down at the last. The champion held is a, a brilliant race. Also on day one, you've got Plan of Attack entered in the Close Brothers. Manella Melody in the Mares, is, is she going to run? Manella Melody, she'll run, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm just amazed at her price. She's 20 to 1. The only problem for her is Concertista, but, but in fairness... You know, uh, to look at great each way uh, value bets uh, in the race, in my opinion, anyhow, yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't believe the price when I saw her. I think that's definitely one for the listeners to sort of bear in mind at a decent price on day one. Um, let's move on to day two. And I know that before, I mean, I, I technically I should go to you first, Henry, about Bob Ollinger in the Ballymore, the first race on on day day two. But Charlie has been badgering me about this horse for time. And he absolutely adores Bob Ollinger. Is this your nap of the festival, Mr. Austin? It is the nap of the festival for me, mate. It certainly is. I just don't think you can you can go against him. I really don't. I just think it, he just shows everything. And his last run, it was just like, it's six and a half lengths. He bolted up. Like it just showed everything what you wanted to see in a horse. And for me, going into Cheltenham, it'd be certainly one to get day two off to a flying start for punters, especially Mr. C. Austin. <laughs> and Mr. H. De Bromhead on, uh, on day two. It, <laughs> Is he mad for napping Bob Ollinger, Henry, or, or do you think he's, um, he's a good um, thing? Ha- having, I have to admit, having not listened to this great podcast before, um, uh, I'm not. I'm just hoping Charlie's a very good man with his naps. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm sorry to report, no, Henry. <laughs> yeah, well, well, sorry. Man. I could have stopped, stopped there. Okay, Stop um, he's done very little wrong. Um, I, I ran him against Fernie Hollow the first day, uh, thinking we'd beat him, but uh, anyway, we got beaten, so I was a bit disappointed. But yeah, he's a horse we, we've always thought a lot of since we bought him after he won his point to point. He's progressing all the time, and yeah, you know, we're really happy with him. He's working well, as Charlie said, he was impressive in, in the Lawler's novice hurdle at Nace. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed, all will go well for him, and, and we'll see. <laughs> Jamie Codd on a on a preview described him as a god given certainty, which heaps the pressure on your shoulders even more because he tipped Le Bake at a massive price a few years ago. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of punters siding with Bob Ollinger. But um, AP, the one again from speaking to AP on a on a preview about this horse, he said that he's got plenty of speed. It seems so. If you were to drop him back in trip, and obviously you've thought about the Supreme, or it's, it's on the table to an extent. Whereas the other horses that are taking you on Brave Man's Game and Gaia de Mesnil, they they look like horses that perhaps might appreciate further. Do you think that actually his speed will be the asset that wins in the the Ballymore? Uh, Does he show a lot of speed at home? Yeah, yeah, he has. He's got a lot of pace, funnily enough. That's why I started him off over two. And it took a bit of persuading to get me to go up to two and a half, to be honest. But uh, yeah, he's he's got a bit of pace. And uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Do you know, um, again, that's kind of more Rachel's department and uh, see what way the pace is like and whatever. But but he's got a gear. And um, yeah, so hopefully that that he'll be able to use it. Not, not that we can, Chaz, but what do you reckon? Because I know that Henry just said it's Rachel's department. Given what he said earlier, I'd love to see whether... I'd love to get an insight into Henry's meticulous planning in the huddle before the race. Just to, Could you imagine I'd Henry lo- de Bromhead mic'd up before, yeah. before <laughs> Honeysuckle runs, before yeah, yeah. Bob Ollinger runs? Right. Henry, could you imagine just the last little yeah. bit? When the left foot goes there, I need you to tighten the rein here. With <laughs> 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 meticulous planning, I love it. Good luck with Bob Ollinger. Uh, in the second race on day two, um, Eclat de Rears taking on Monkfish. Eclat de Rears trained by you. Monkfish is all the rage. Everyone's sort of napping him up and down the land and in Ireland, I'm sure. But I actually read something from you a few days ago, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I read it and I thought, he thinks he could beat Monkfish. Is that true? 
Oh, I mean, our lad's a very nice horse. Um, obviously, Monkfish has been hugely impressive. Um, I, I, I probably go into every race thinking I can win it. You know, yeah. like you you're know, a sportsman, so, yeah. yeah, you know. So, uh, like, that's not to say I disrespect anything. I'm, I'm up against Monkfish is hugely impressive. It'd be really hard to beat, but it's a horse race, and. Uh, Look, our lad jumps well. He stays well. You know, I, I wouldn't be sending him over if I didn't think I could win no. it. But, you know, I could get a rude awakening. As I said to someone earlier on, this is a pretty turbulent week. You're running all your best horses. And uh, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know. So, um, but, you know, I wouldn't run anything unless I thought yeah. we could win the race. Then the big race on day two is the the champion chase. And, and Henry, you've got, a horse who will become only the third mayor, I think, to run in the champion chase. Put the kettle on last year's Arkle winner and you're taking on a short prize favourite in the form of Chacan Poursois. Um, before we touch on Chacan Poursois, how is Put the Kettle on? Yeah, she's super. We also have Notebook in the race, who's a bit of disappointing course, yes. in the Arca last year, but but he's he, he he's in great form. No, the mayor is super. Um, look, she was, there was obviously the option of the mayor's uh, chase as well. But we just said, you know, uh, she loves it around Cheltenham and the Arkle winners have such a good record in the champion chase. Everyone was keen to give it a go. So uh, we'll give it a lash and see how she gets on. She's in mighty form. And as I say, she loves it over there. Yeah. Chaz, we've talked a lot about Chacan Poursois there. You love this horse, don't you? Yeah. I just think that's a day day two double for me, Bob Ollinger and Chacan Poursois. It's just the way he goes. And take, he ain't run at Cheltenham, but it does. I don't think for me it will. It will matter. I just think it will. It will run them into the ground. I really do. Then we move on to day three, and kicking it off is the Marsh, and one of the big bankers for many is M- Envoy Allen. Um, and we sort of touched on it a bit, I guess, with Bally Adam and the the moving from Gordon Elliott. But um, again, I suppose how's his preparation gone since he's been at the De Bromhead Stable? Yeah, he's settled in really well. He's a gorgeous horse. He takes everything in. He's, you know, he's got great presence. He really is gorgeous. He's, he's, um, he, we brought him to the beach, uh, yesterday. He loved that. Um, trying to keep, yeah, we're trying to, you know, he jumped today, just school this morning, jumped really well. We're just trying to tick him over. You know, he looks fit and, um, Gordon sort of, said he, he thought he had him where he wanted to have him so we're just taking him over and hope we get him there uh in in top four uh, i suppose it would be in in football terms Chaz, a bit like lionel messi walking into the qpr dressing room but you just i guess you just know someone's just a cut above the rest henry when when he came into the yard can you just tell instantly that he's got the x factor as a horse mm. It's it's I suppose it's a lot easier when it's a horse that's eleven for eleven and <laughs> horse, you know when you know. Yeah. But uh, in fairness, he 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 you know he he did have he has a lot of presence in fairness to him. And what do that's they do? Exciting, the, yeah. The, the, sorry, oh, sorry, no, Chaz. I, I just wanted to know um, before you ask Henry the question, just what they do on the beach? Is it literally just to stretch their legs and just have a bit of a yeah? Fresh yeah with there's a lovely beach near. It's about twenty minutes away, Woodstown. Um, uh, we've used it for years and they love us. You know, it's about half a mile and we just hack up and down it a few times and walk them in the water and they, they just love it. Their eyes are on stalks the whole time when they're first there. And um, 
yeah he, he seemed to really enjoy it yeah yeah is that is that something you do with all your horses henry just to switch switch them switch them off as such, just to try things differently obviously you can't keep doing the the same thing over and over again do you know what i mean just to change have a little mix up and kind of think oh a day out at the beach do you know what i mean and they go and enjoy themselves yeah. really yeah yeah with chumpers you know i i suppose i think you know that you're trying to like you know you're trying to prolong their careers and and keep them interested and some of them get can go get a bit bored and whatever so yeah spin to the beach we'd go once a week yeah and and they love it they do they, they love it it's a lovely change for them uh, the the form suggests that he's going to take a, an awful lot of beating. I appreciate it's a sensitive subject, given that they were at Gordon's and now with you. I, I just want to know. I, I was trying to I think again, think of a sort of football analogy for it, and I just wanted to know how you how you will feel having a Cheltenham winner if Envoy Allen does win, um, given the the story behind it. And um, and I suppose for you, Charlie, if you were on loan, saying you scored against your club in a match, I don't know whether that would be a similar feeling. But but Henry, how? How do you think you will feel if Envoy Allen is, if you're leading Envoy Allen into the winner's enclosure? Have you have you allowed yourself to think like that? I haven't. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't really, I, I, I wouldn't really. I mean, all, all I could say is the horses came down looking uh, amazing from Gordon's and, mm. you know, will have had them for two weeks. So I think it's, you know, we're hoping even Janine that looks after him will um, be involved on the day she's already been down to see him. And uh, we're hoping that she'll be involved as well. That's wicked. So that, that's, that's the girl that looked that after. Yeah. The girl that looked yeah, after him at yeah. Gordon's is going to be She's involved. Him, yes, yeah, she'll be there. I, I think, and yeah, we're hoping that she'll be able to uh, be involved uh, as much as she can. And uh, as as I say, they'll have been with us for two weeks, so I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I I haven't let myself think. You know, but I like they. Gordon and his team have done all of the, the vast majority of the work. So oh, that's that's that's, that's a nice touch, really good touch. Yeah. Um, you know, from from back along about her with the horse and stuff. It's lovely to see her relationship with that horse. So yeah, um, great to hear that, Henry. Good luck with Envoy Allen um, in the marsh in the Ryanair. Chris's dream is he going to run in that, Henry? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's in good form. He he had a great run in the um, the good chase up the north. Um, uh, he was just chinned by the storyteller, um, and then he was disappointing. We sort of took Min on in the John Dirk, and, and I don't, I just don't, I think we got our tactics wrong, um, or I got our tactics wrong. And, uh, <laughs> um, so I'd say uh, we will, yeah, I, I think he, he could, he, he's in good form. I hope he'll run well. He's, he's a horse that runs very well fresh. Um, obviously, it's a very good race, but again, be hoping we might hit the frame. And the big race, Chaz, on day three is the Stayers Hurdle. And I think this is a fascinating matchup between Paisley Park, Time Hill. You've got last year's winner, Liz Nagar Oscar, in it. Do you have a strong view in that race, Chaz? Yeah, that's, I have a strong view, but I have a side thing I said the other, other week of, about Time Hill. I had the opportunity to buy Time Hill of Brian Murphy <laughs> from the Dunraven Arms off of this Time Hill. And a good, no uh, a good friend, yes, a good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine, fortunately, he decided against it. We went with went with another horse instead of Time Hill, so we could have owned that. No what way. A disaster. Will what you disaster. be cheering him on or hoping he doesn't win because of that? No, that boat sailed. I hope he wins. Yeah. You got to. You got to. I hope he wins. I do. 
were there any um any ones that got away in your world henry i'm sure there have been plenty but any famous cases like that Oh yeah, I actually can't think of any, but yeah, so yeah. many. <laughs> I, I just can't <laughs> so, many. so many. So I suppose many. it's probably yeah, common. Yeah. But I'd say, Charlie, um, Brian has no bother reminding you of this quite a lot. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> of you missing it gets, time, Will. It gets led through another another source, Henry, straight back to me. Yes, oh, it does. Really? Yeah, yeah, yes, it yeah. certainly <laughs> does. And. Yeah. Um, I'll be going to Brian again, but next time I pray to God, I get to another time here. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, that's magic. Well, good luck to to Time Hill's new well current connections. They could have Sorry, been new the most, the most actually the most the, the the best one for me was now that I've thought about it was Altior, um, no, Heather, my wife, uh, who would help buy at the store sales, uh, would, would, well, at any sales. She, she's a great judge and she helps buy all our horses. Uh, she um, she apparently brought me down to see Altior four times and I kept saying, no, no, I can't buy a horse out of a key of luck mare. And uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I don't remember any of this and I'm not sure <laughs> she does. But but Mick Carthy, who's a very clever, very shrewd man and, and a, a great judge of a horse who sold Altior, he uh, very kindly told Heather that she brought me down four times to see this horse. So I've never, ever heard the end of it. Uh, I was going to no, say, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. what's discussed yeah. over the breakfast table, but it's probably the, the yeah. better half saying, what have you done, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's gold. Um, wow, I didn't know that. I never knew that. That's amazing. Uh, right, the final well, day. No, I don't know if it was Mick being very clever. Well, so, yeah. to, be, to be honest, I, I think I'm going to probably have to remind you of that as well. You never know, Altior <laughs> might be winning at this year's festival. He's up, up in the champion champion chase, isn't he, against Could yours. Easy, yeah. That will be a that will twist easy. the knife a bit more as well if Altior chins put the kettle on or, or notebook in the oh. champion <laughs> chase. <laughs> well, I'll, um, I'll steer clear of the cat that day. Uh, day four is the Gold Cup Day, and it's sponsored by Wellchild this year, supporting a great local charity. But it kicks off with the Triumph Hurdle and Quilixios, a decision's been made. Quilixios goes Triumph Hurdle. How is that horse? Yeah, he's good. Again, another gorgeous horse. Uh, Rachel schooled him this morning. He jumped really well. Um, obviously, Jack has um, uh, the choice, uh, but I, uh, I'm, we're sort of presuming, I haven't confirmed anything with him yet, but we're presuming he, he'll ride Zana here. Um, so uh, Rachel schooled Quilixios this morning and uh, delighted with him. He jumped brilliant, and again he ran it. He ran it early February. He looks fit. He looks really well, and um, yeah, again just ticking over. Uh, try and get him there as best as we can. Uh, and then the Gold Cup, the big race uh, on the Friday, the Blue Ribbon event of the week, the Wellchild Gold Cup. You've got two in the race: Aplutard and Manella in. How, how are they and, and how do you assess their chances, Henry? Yeah, both seem really well. Aplutard um, uh, won the Savills Chase at Christmas, uh, which looked a really good race on paper beforehand. And I think it was run that way. I, I think it's fair to say it's certainly, in my opinion, one of the best trials uh, for, for the Gold Cup. And uh, he was really good. He stayed at it really well. Uh, you know, he's the class to beat Chuck and Poursois over two miles last year 
he's just a very classy horse so uh delighted with him and then indo had a great start to his season obviously fell in the savills which was very disappointing but the plan was never really to go to the irish gold cup but once we'd fallen we felt we had to and he we went there for you know the most our most important objective was to get a nice clear round which we did unfortunately made a little mistake at the second last He's the type of fella I think needs to be ridden forward. He loves Cheltenham. He comes alive there. He's wickedly laid back here. So it's like he's going off on his holidays when he goes to Cheltenham. He loves that. And, uh, you know, Champ beat him, what, a half a length or something. So his form is right there. Uh, if Champ can win it, so can we. Yeah, very happy with both of them. Very lucky to have both of them. And uh, fingers crossed for good runs. I know we've done stuff on the opening show in, in and around the stable yards. Obviously, we won't be able to do that this year. But is Manella Rindo the horse that used to come over with a goat? Or am I thinking of a different horse? No, that was Monolee. Yeah. Monolee, that's right. Same owners. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, yeah same is the, owners. Exactly. Is the goat still around on the yard? Harvey, I think. The goat yeah. Called, yeah. Yeah. Harvey, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's around. He's looking really well. Nearly a bit too well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in my bad books the other day. He went and um, banged, uh, rammed, rammed one of the guys, one of our riders' cars the other day. So that <laughs> cost me two hundred and fifty quid to get the wing repaired. So uh, anyway, but you know, no, he's great. He's great. He's um, a real character. Magic, uh, Chaz. Who do you fancy in the Gold Cup? If the rain comes, I just think Native Rivers, hell of a price. I just think hmm. a level price if the rain comes. But if Album Photo goes and wins wins the race, it's three three gold cups. And I think a lot of punters will be thinking, how how and why haven't we followed this horse? So look, I'd like Native River to win if the if the rain comes for sure. Well, after this recording, I'd like Henry to win every big race because he's been an absolute gentleman. I want to know before you go, Henry, whether you were a talented footballer in your youth? Did you ever play football? Do you support a football team? <laughs> Is football something on your radar? Um, I, I, I'm funny enough. I've always supported Spurs for some reason. Uh, well, <laughs> I know my uncle. My uncle was a big supporter Spurs fan, so uh, I seem to inherit that from him. And uh, no, I was a very poor footballer, but uh, playing a lot with the kids there now. So I think you know I'm, I'm making a bit of a comeback. Uh, maybe if I put my mind to it more when I was younger I would have been a bit better Chaz do you know what I think we should do because hearing that like I've just ever since he mentioned that beach setting with the horses stretching their legs and going on a hack like I've just had this beautiful image in my head of you know, these great national hunt horses training on the beach in Ireland do I know you're coming up with something stupid I'm not, what I want to do I mean obviously we have to ask Henry and everyone in the yard but we could take studs up on tour and we could go to Ireland and we could record a special next season or something from the beach there. And then you can give Henry's kids some football tips in return for us being allowed to go and watch the horses on the beach. It sounds utterly amazing. That image. How do you, how do you think that'll go down Chaz? That'd be brilliant, mate. It really would. Although I would be game for that. I'll give the football coach. However, I would like to hear Henry's last little, chats just to Rachel before she gets up on that she leaves the parade and I'd like to know Rachel's responses as well that would be the yeah. uh, that'd be a good one also yeah yeah That's... you want to get Rachel on it <laughs> yeah no, we'd love you over here you're welcome anytime I have to say Woodstown uh 
the you know on a on a sunny morning watching the horses walk through the tide afterwards it's, it is it's stunning so you should you should definitely yeah, yeah. come yeah, over sure it sounds if you absolutely, you a absolutely amazing. Ollie, if you bought a horse, Ollie, you could come over <laughs> yeah. and do it as well. Yes, Henry! Yes! <laughs> do you know what? There's something about... Horse. Yeah. Well, do you know what? There you go. I think the bosses are listening into this, so um, perhaps they could dig into the to the very small budget that we've got for this, and <laughs> maybe we could afford a, <laughs> a, the hair yes. of a horse. Chaz, do you get a goal bonus? Do those things exist still? Or an appearance fee? Work with me on this one. Yeah, um, the appearance fee at QPR all goes into a win bonus, which I think is miles better than individual right. appearance bonus. So it goes into a big pot, and then every home game, away game, etc., etc., you win games. Then obviously you uh, you get your share of the of the prize money, should we say? All right. So if Go QPR on. keep winning, can we put that share into the studs up horse and have it with Henry de Bromhead? <laughs> can we? <laughs> is that fair? When the boss, when the bosses come on, we'll uh, definitely have this discussion for sure. Do you know and what? We'll, Henry... be going, we'll be going to the beach. Studs up. We'll be going to the beach, and we'll be watching our horse. Yeah, on the beach, my friend. That would be magic. We've we've hopefully got some winners there for the listeners, Henry. I yes. I think you've got a horse out of this somehow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. thank you very, thank you so much for joining us, and um, we wish you all the best at Cheltenham next week. You're a top man for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Henry. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks very much. Best of luck next week. What a fascinating insight we got there from Henry de Bromhead. But as uh, half-time whistle has been blown, it means it's time now for the latest Charlie Austin rant. What have you got for us, Chaz? This week is all about Alexander Lacazette screaming pathetic wasn't it there's no need for it makes it even more because there's no fans in the stadium and stuff don't get me wrong it goes on in football but we don't want to hear it do we let's be honest I think it just makes the football side of it a laughing stock really what's he doing then he gets up and continues stupid man I don't I really don't get it it kind of puts a, a sour a sour taste to uh, wait, wait. to many people watching when you're playing in games like that and you get players play acting or diving or, you know, going over the top, what are you guys thinking? Get the fuck up. <laughs> because you not like, but you know that, you know that they're play acting, you know they're doing what they, whatever they are to win a free kick. I do understand that. But it's so frustrating when it's the, when you're trying to do it, it's the best thing ever or someone in your team. But when it's someone else doing it and it's over the top, or even if it is someone in your team, sometimes it's, it's embarrassing. You're like, what, what are you doing, mate? I mean, it's too obvious. Too obvious. What? But I just don't like the way he was he was doing it. It was it was stupid. Got taken the mick out of on match of the day as well. That's when um, that's when you know things are bad. But um, what what are your thoughts on diving? The thing is, now it's been taken out. It's you can't yeah, really do it now because obviously VAR and you get and if you don't, obviously that's it. But you can be punished, can't you? If, if the referee gives something. And you get seen diving on the TV afterwards, and you get like a two or three game ban, uh, retrospective ban because of it. So it is it is in the game, but with VAR in in it, it's not possible for you to you to do it. Clever to win clever fouls is one way I like to I like to say it now. Especially when the ball's coming up to the front man, and these defenders come flying in behind. Just you can anticipate the foul. Uh, let's talk about the latest football news. Um, Champions League. Juventus are out. 
so we won't see Ronaldo yes. in the next next round. But Dortmund roll on, and, and Erling Haaland, 20 goals in 14 games, youngest player to do that in the Champions League. His cousin, I read, is smashing in goals as well. He's younger, and for, I think Mulder, is it? He, he Apparently the whole family's mm. just it's in the genes. Mate, it's in the genes and they're having off. But I'd love him to come to England. Big, powerful centre-forward. I just... What would be nice if Dortmund got a, an English team next next round, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just to see him up against a, an English team's back four or, or back three as such. But for me, you just 20 goals, 14 games. That's ridiculous numbers. It really is. Do you think he'd do well in the Premier League? Yeah, he's built for the Premier League. I personally think he's built for the Premier League. 6-3, six, 6-4. Six, Left and right for ultimate speed, power. Just think he'll be an unstoppable force if he comes, and whoever gets him will be will take their team certainly to the next two, three levels. And that's not only in English football; that is in in Champions League football also. Should we get back on the the, the racing train, so to speak? Because we've got another special guest lined up on this um, Cheltenham Festival special edition of of Studs Up. And and the guy we, we, we've got waiting in the wings, Chaz, is a phenomenal jockey, but he's also now a film star, would you believe? We'll, we'll introduce Daryl Jacob, who's, who's on the, the podcast with us. Daryl, how, how are you? Good afternoon, gentlemen. All all right? The, uh, the superstar, the film star, Daryl Jacob. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to <laughs> you sure about your Cheltenham rides in a moment. But Charlie, you've been calling for a documentary such as the one that Daryl yes, features on for a long time, haven't you? I have, and I've got some questions, obviously, to ask you about um, regarding that. But I've this could be a nervous so one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's just so you know. It's I'm just, very worried. It's just the insight. No, nothing to worry about. Honestly, it's just the insight. I think as as spectators of the sport and someone that's very interested, hunters, whatever you are, I just think you want to see the other side of of the jockey. It's all right seeing him at the racetrack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you want to see the day to day stuff they actually go through. Yes, it's injuries are part of it. And unfortunately, you've had the fair share of them. But that is part of what you put your, yourself through. What you do, you've just explained to me what your your week leading up to Cheltenham is. And it's an incredible amount of driving and travelling you have to do to go to two different lots, to two different training yards to do tra- uh, riding out, etc. Look, it's just a great insight, I think, that you're allowing people outside of the racing world, as well as inside it, but what what the jockeys have to do to put themselves in the best possible shape for races. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll just, Daz, before you, because Charlie and I both have loads of questions on this, but just to let people know who are listening to this, it's called Being a Jockey, and it's on the ITV Hub, and it's, for those that don't know, essentially a sort of year in your life, behind the scenes, at the races, and it's just, um, I've watched it, it's a, I think it's absolutely brilliantly made, it's a fascinating insight into what goes on to be a jockey at the top level. But um, Daryl, in, in your words, just explain what viewers of being a jockey will get to see when they tune into the documentary. Well, obviously, it, it, it all started out by, by, obviously, I'm sponsored by Skybet. Um, and quite early in the season, um, obviously, I got a couple of nasty falls to the, and I got a couple of kicks and all that to the face. And I ended up breaking my, breaking my hand and stuff like that and they, they just kind of wanted to come around and do you know a bit of a bit of film and watch the recovery and and how how we get back and stuff like that and so it sort of really just started out from there and 
you know, the, the doctors and all that gave me an, an estimate time of a couple of months to get back. But I managed to get back in in, in four weeks. I think it was three and a half, four weeks from my injuries. Um, and they were fascinated how how driven I was to get back as quick as I could to get back and, and riding these horses. And my first ride back was a winner um on Dragon Desterval at Ludlow and and sort of from from there really it was it it just sort of just kept going and just kept um you know filming and I kind of led it up to obviously to to Cheltenham some of the stuff that you went through and have been through in your career is is absolutely brutal but you get to see for those that don't know just the the intensity I guess of being a jockey being away from your family you've got um, a beautiful family and you don't get to spend as much time I'm sure as you'd like with them because you're on the road a lot and then obviously recovering from from injury and stuff but of all those elements what do you think is the hardest part of being a jockey would you say? Uh, probably the hardest part is um, is obviously because as you know Ali I'm quite tall I'm quite heavy so um, I probably for me personally I probably think is is the weight management keep my weight to to an absolute minimum Um, my brothers and stuff like that they're you know they're quite a lot heavier. Like they're they're you know they play professional rugby and stuff like that. So I'm all the time trying to keep my weight about two stone under what my probably my natural body weight would be. So that's obviously a challenge in itself. But to to sort of maintain that and have the discipline of keeping your weight under control. You know, twelve months of the year, um, and also the the driving as as you know, you know, jockeys. We we have to get out there. We've got a a lot of meetings. We got to go to. Um, there's a lot of driving. You're a lot of time on the road. So I think the the hours that you put into driving to the races and from the racing is um you know can be can be mentally can be quite tough because um you know if you go the whole way like last week I went up to air I had two seconds I got beaten in nose and I got beaten two lengths and you know I spent seven and a half hours getting to air and then another eight hours coming home in the car and it's a lot of time on your own um to be thinking about a lot of you know ifs and buts and if I had done this during the race, could I have turned that nose into a, a nose win? And so, so it's, you know, there's a lot of mental issues there as well as, as, as well as obviously driving um, and obviously the hunger factor and, and trying to keep your weight at, at a minimum all the time for seven days a week. Spectators, punters, whatever you are, your affiliation with racing, I think you need to see that other side. And I think it's going to be a great, a great program and a, and a great watch. And I am looking forward to, to watching it but going on to Cheltenham how much are you looking forward to it yeah look obviously it's 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 our Olympics isn't it um you know really you know I love the four days at, at the Cheltenham festival there's a lot of hype there's a lot of buzz obviously this year's going to be a little bit different but um you know you, you you know we get to see the the best of the English the best of the Irish um you know clashing against, clashing heads against each other and uh you know it's a it's a fantastic four days the uh, the point you made there about it being a different festival, Daz, is is interesting because actually in the documentary they touch on one of this well probably the most dramatic incident I've seen on a racecourse for well there's been plenty but this was a really dramatic one when you you got a really bad injury because your horse bolted through a rail and sort of you came down in front of the crowds. Do you think from a purely from a horse and rider's point of view, not having the noise and the crowds will make things a bit smoother? In terms of horses being a bit less flighty and things like that. Um, look, it'll be it's it's every horse is is different. It's like every human being, isn't it? Uh, we're all different. Look, some horses will go to the Cheltenham Festival. They could be buzzy type of horses. They could be revy type of horses. Um, they'll go to the they'll go to the Cheltenham, and you know because there's no crowds, they'll relax straight into it. 
um, and they'd be very, very happy. Whereas other horses need that a little bit of adrenaline, that a little bit of buzz, that you know, the noise and all that to get their adrenaline up and get the blood running through their veins, you know, to to see the best of them. So I think some this year, I think it's there could be a couple of strange results, there could be a couple of different results, and and like you say, it's it's some horses will benefit from not having crowds there, but other horses won't, unfortunately, because they need that. You know they need the crowds cheering, the roaring to get the adrenaline. A bit like Charlie, you know yourself. It's a bit like football in there when when the crowds are witty and and stuff like that. Really, yeah. you know, it gets the it gets the blood going, doesn't it? You know, you really feel powerful and invincible, and you know what I mean. You, you know, so and whereas obviously when the crowds aren't there, it's 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 a lot harder, isn't it? You know, we talk about Cheltenham, like we talk about the buzz and the energy that that fans bring, and obviously the spectators are obviously not there, but. When they are there, how, when you go away from a big festival meet and you, you look back on your day, how do you switch off? Or, or you can't switch off? Do you know I mean, I play games of football and I can't switch off sometimes. It's impossible. But you've got to go the very next day. Yeah, it, it, it's all really about, uh, um, you know, especially with Cheltenham. I mean, it's sort of, how do you explain it? I mean, you know, the, there are four days of, of very, very intense pressure um where you know like uh, your management skills i suppose is, is very very important in this and uh like you say you you're, you've got to be you've got to be at your very very best from from one o'clock until four o'clock but then you've got to slow everything down again um you know and try and get yourself a good night's sleep and then again you've got to go the next day so it's four very very pressurized days but like i say i've got, got a lovely wife and kids and stuff like that and, and they're great to come home to that you can sort of you can play with them. You can, you know, just break away from from the the pressures of it for an hour. But like I say, once the kids go to bed and stuff like that, again, you know, I'm I'm straight on my phone or on my iPad and stuff like that, trying to to work out the next day's race and and the next day's you know positions that I'd like to be in and. In, in certain races and, you know, how I think a race is, is going to work out, how it's going to pan out, whether, you know, all these different things I kind of go through of my boat rides for the next day and sort of, how, how do you say it? Try, try and sleep on it. If, if that makes yeah. sense. So it, I, yeah, I, I reckon yeah. it's, a bit, it's a bit like a professional football or rugby player. And, you know, you kind of yeah. try and sleep on it. I'm not saying I go to bed. Like I do sleep very, very well. As, as a lot of people know, I'm a very, very <laughs> good sleeper, but, I would, I would generally, you know, I'd sleep through the night thinking about it, if that makes sense. And I'd sort of wake up the next day. But I tell you where I find it really, really, so sort of about four or five days after the festival, I'm, I'm literally mentally, I'm, I'm shattered. And, and, you know, there, you know, from that point of view, you need a driver then for three or four weeks just to, to try and get that calm down, just to try and get some sleep, get some energy back in it. Because then obviously, as everyone knows, it's, it's three massive, massive days at Aintree as well at the Grand National Meet. You got to so these all these festivals and all that. You you've got to try and manage it to the to the best you can. And I suppose, but getting a little bit older, it, it helps as well. You know. Tell the listeners, Daz, because they'll see a lot of that side of things in this excellent documentary. Being a jockey, it's on the hub, and they they they'll be able to get that. I think it really captures everything that we're talking about incredibly well. But with Cheltenham just on the horizon. And what I'm sure a lot of listeners won't know is exactly what goes on during a race. And one thing, because there'll be lots of listeners to this that are football fans that may be new to racing and stuff like that. And I'll ask it to both of you, actually, because you're both professional sportsmen. But Daz, is there much chatting during a race at the festival? Say it's a three miler. Are you talking to the jockeys about how the race is going, about 
how your horse is traveling. Can you give us an insight into just what goes on during a race amongst the jockeys? Um, well, it's very different. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, Charlie might say something different, but different, different jockeys um, change in sort of with different pressures of big meetings. Like some jockeys that are, say, are quiet, um, you know, generally on a, on a Monday to Friday and then the weekend comes and they've got big rides or whatever and all of a sudden they, they sort of come to life and then other other jockeys that are very, very chatty, you know, during the week and stuff like that and then they come to good rides and, and stuff like that and all of a sudden you, you don't hear a beat from them. But like in, in, in a race, again, it's, it's who you're beside and what I suppose what you're riding um, and, you know, what, how your horses jump and et cetera, et cetera. But look, I must admit, like during, during the races and stuff, we, we try have a bit of banter and we, you know, you try have a bit of a, a laugh and a joke. But, you know, obviously when it gets down to the to the business end of it, um, things slightly change, put it that way. But, but you can like you can get a few, you know, curses and a few this, that and in there as well, as, as you know, the drill yourself. But um, it's not always plain sailing, put it that way. It's not all funny. <laughs> That is, Ollie, that is that is something I've always that is something I've always wondered. You know, jockeys they must speak to each other because on the pitch I'm speaking to the opposition defender. I'm what are you chatting about on, though to him? Uh, the rubbish, mate. Just hammering <laughs> um, their centre forwards, mate. Just trying to get him to switch off for split second, and then I'm in. I do like yeah. I do like talking to the gits on their nerves, mate. They hate it. You would fry me if I was game. a centre defender. You would fry I me. I may, I, I have you on here for about an hour and 20 minutes once a week and I'll fry <laughs> your brain as it is, mate. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dad, who are the... Um, are there any ones that are particularly, like, chatty in a race or anyone that's particularly chatting in a wear room that you... You know, like when you're at school and you get sit, sat next to someone that just always talks, you go, God, Jesus, I've got to sit next to them again. Is there someone like that? Sam Tristan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's great fun, actually. He's, we were at, we were fun. I'll tell you a little story. We were at Ludlow the other day and um, we were in a, we were in a novice handicap chase around Ludlow and uh, Sam rode one for uh, Matt Shepard. I rode a jolly for Nicky Henderson. And uh, you know, obviously, the the Ford last is quite tricky at Ludlow, and um, so we're all down the step, and we're like, right, we're not moving, we're not moving till we get over this tricky fence, and uh, we're all in agreement, we're all in, yeah, yeah, we won't move, we won't move, get over the fence, and then we can we can race, and um, so we were in the race anyway. I was sort of second. Johnny Burke was down the inside. Johnny Burke's thing was crashing fences out of it, and I was like, Johnny, Johnny, pull it up, pull it up, and we were having a laugh anyway. And then Sam was on the outside. I can see you, I can hear you, and we turned, we, we were turning into the home straight, and um, Sam said, to, uh, Sam said to me, don't move, don't move until we get over this fence, and I was like, well, you're taking me on, get off me, get off me, you're taking me on, he said, I haven't moved, I haven't moved, and we, anyway, we got over, we got over um, four out, and then, the, I promise you now, I could see his front horse's legs moving, and he knew he had obviously got over. He goes, race on! <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole way up the home straight, like, me and him were, like, um, you know, having a laugh and a joke with each other. And uh, and I was I was sort of always a sort of a Lent in front, and all I could hear behind me is, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Did he beat you? And he, yeah, he literally came by me, chinned me on the line, yeah. I gave it absolutely sucks because I didn't want them to beat me. And all I could hear behind me is, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> that is it amazing. Was, it, was, oh. it, 
it was great fun, I must admit. Like, but like you say, it's you know you can have a bit of fun and and, and jokes and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's um, it's a very serious game. It's a very serious business. But you know, it's every now and again, it's nice to have um, you know, just bring back I suppose a human side and a bit of fun side to it, isn't it? Definitely, Definitely. couldn't agree speaking more. Of, and speaking about serious and specialness and everything like that, which of your rise do you think next week? Uh, I've got a few nice horses actually. I'm looking forward to riding this year. Um, Caribbean Boy is a horse that um, I thought an awful lot. He beat Fiddler on the Roof at Newbury. Yeah. He looked very, very good. And then he's had two runs since, and this, things haven't really gone his way. Um, he's run in a handicap. I, I think this is a really, really good horse. Um, I don't think we've seen the best of him. Um, I'm schooling Lieutenant Rocco for Nick Mitchell on Friday morning. Um, he runs in the ultimate again. He's got some cracking form behind um, a couple of our horses, Simon Ear and Isaac Swade's horses in Fusil Raffles and Mezir de Zobo. And he runs in a handicap as well. And I think his handicap mark could be could be quite decent. He'll need soft well. ground, so, wouldn't he, Daz? Look, he's he's good on, like I say, he's good on, on heavy. He was heavy when I won on him at Boss last. But, you know, when he put up a good performance... Um, around Wincanton um, against Mezier Zobo in that grade yeah. two and it wasn't that soft then so look I think he's better on, on heavier ground but I'm hoping with the track that's in it is, is, is Cheltenham you know he's been around there and stuff like that I think he you know it's not going to be quick ground is it it's not going to be proper good ground you know Cheltenham are going to have it the best ground they're going to have it it's going to be good to soft isn't it so um, you know we've got rain forecast for the rest of the week up until leading up until Cheltenham so it's not going to be it's not going to be that, you know, it's not going to be good, good ground, is it? So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to them too. And, you know, and, you know, Fuser. Would Rappers they be again. your best chances, those two, Caribbean boy? And, I, I think and so, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Who do you think wins the Gold Cup? I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm a massive fan of, of, of Champ. Um, what he done, I beat him on Scoriel uh, around Newbury on proper good ground. And uh, and I promise you now, I was, it 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 surprised me. It amazed me how fast and how well Champ jumped and travelled around Newbury on very very good ground. He could be very very special. And and like you say, he just got up in the in the RSA last year. So you know, stamina is not an issue. Um, and he, but he's got the speed to you know to even to put a horse like Scoriel, you know, on his metal the whole way around mm. there. I, I was very very impressed with. It. Daz, on, on Studs Up each week, as I'm sure you know, we do a Studs Up hat trick where we ask our special guest um, three questions. So you're in the hot seat now. They're very easy questions. Oh, no. no <laughs> what is Pythagoras's theory? No, that's not one of the questions. Don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question one in the Studs Up hat trick with this Cheltenham Festival special featuring Daryl Jacob is who is the biggest or has been the biggest influence on your career, Daz? I look at um I've I've been very, very lucky. I've had a lot of people. Um, you know, obviously the boss, Robert and Sally Allen, they've been very good and obviously the late Kieran Kelly as well. You know, and, and you know, you even go to say, you know, Simon Muneer and, and Isaac Swade and Anthony Bromley, they've been instrumental in what I've achieved and, and what I've done. So to to pick out one person, I'm sorry, Ali, I couldn't give out one person because no. I've been very I've been very, very lucky. And again, you see that in the documentary and you see this wonderful um relationship you have with the alders uh but also you keep a a picture of kieran kelly in your under your wing mirror the wing mirror you know what i mean the the in your car basically Flat, sorry yeah yeah you know what i mean and yeah. um and he sort of travels everywhere with you and for those that don't know kieran tragically passed away in a racing accident a few years ago but it's so nice and touching that he still very much lives on through what you do 
Question two, Daryl, is who is the best jockey you've ridden against? Again, you know, I've been very, very lucky. Um, you know, I, I was uh, a great admirer when I come over here and obviously riding for, for Paul Nichols. You know, I, I followed Ruby Walsh an awful lot. You know, and he, he's, he's a beautiful horseman on, on top of horse, the way he gets horses jumping. So, you know, I really, really loved watching him. But I also loved and admired the dedication that AP had that where he could just, you know, throw every horse into every fence and just, you know, what he'd done and the way he brought racing um, to a new level is 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 unbelievable you know they're two very very like you say two very different riders but two brilliant brilliant people that I've been very very lucky to ride against and finally um what is the most embarrassing moment that's happened to you in your career wouldn't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> uh have there been any shockers have you ever had any howlers I'd say I've had a fair few now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want to go and tell the world to know, but uh, yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather keep them shockers to myself, if I'm being honest. <laughs> fair enough. But basically, um, Daryl Jacob dodged question three. Yeah, he swerved all three of them, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the one question that you, that you can answer, we asked Henry de Bromhead this, because... Chaz obviously is a is a very successful and famous footballer. Actually, in the documentary, couldn't you have gone on to be a professional sportsman in a different field, Daz? Wasn't was it rugby or or hurling that you were keen on as a, yeah, as a young loved, youngster? Um, yeah, I love rugby. Obviously, rugby is a big part of my family and stuff like that. My two brothers played rugby to a very high standard. Um, you know, I, I really really enjoyed my rugby and you know and hurling and, and Gaelic football as well. I played you know to a good standard there as well. So. Um, yeah, look, it just sport was just sport is in the family, and uh, yeah, we somewhere down along the line, put it this way, I was never going to have my head in front of a computer. <laughs> Clearly, get, getting As you logged on see. to this was hard enough. No yeah. way, I would never Chaz. have guessed that, mate. I would have never guessed that. Chaz, did you ever play rugby or any other sports growing up? Yeah, I played rugby at school, fly off, I used to just bang it, just kick it. Glory boy, aren't you? Proper yeah. glory boy, get the point. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is, Get The point's about me. Me, 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 me. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> Magic. Um, Daz, look, thanks so much for joining us. We're just going to wrap up the um, the podcast now with the studs up double and the sky bet off a bit. Just to remind everyone, the the, the documentary, Daryl Jacob being a jockey, is on the ITV hub. I think sky bet have done a brilliant job putting it together, but you are an absolute star for doing it. And I think it will, as Charlie says go a long way to reaching out to new fans, current fans. And I think it's a great thing that you've done and it's a really enjoyable watch. So um, top man for doing that, bud. Thanks a million for having me. Okay, so we're getting towards the end of this week's Studs Up, but we have got the Studs Up double to bring you. And thanks to our good friends at Skybet, the double uh, is obviously going to revolve around the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, and hopefully throughout the course of this episode, you've got plenty of winners to go to uh, town with next week. But uh, Charlie Austin, we need to get two winners for the listeners. Uh, who have you gone for, mate? I have gone for Bob Ollinger. Our guest, Henry de Bromhead, has told me he's going to run in the Ballymore. And that was enough for me to go and go to the vault. I've gone to the vault. Oh, love it. I think Bob Ollinger's got a great chance. My selection is Ala Philippe in the Albert Bartlett for local trainer Fergal O'Brien. I think this horse is um is a very talented horse. He's he's thrived 
stepping up in distance and also he's got a lot of experience and it's quite a tough race for young horses the Albert Bartlett and I think having that experience and number of runs that he's had will stand him in very good stead uh, moving forward to the Cheltenham Festival I think he's got a great chance and that is going to pay quite well that studs up double and you know where to head to it in the specials department on Skybet then head to um to the studs up double it's in this as I say the specials tab in the horse racing markets uh, so get involved in that um just to let you know, we've had guests on throughout the course of this series as we've been building up to the Cheltenham Festival. We should just recap who everyone went for, shouldn't we, Chaz? We've got yeah. Ali McCoy's went for Royal Pagai in the Gold Cup. Charlie Adam on episode two went for Envoy Allen in Ascaria 10. Jack Court went for Kilcruitt in the Bumper. Stan Petrov went for Henry's Aplutard and Kemboy in the Gold Cup. John Joe Shelby went for Kilcruitt and Soaring Glory. Ian Dowie went for Honeysuckle. Admittedly, I chose that for him. And I think Henry de Bromhead will probably be cheering, well, definitely be cheering Honeysuckle on as well. So just to let you know about the uh, Skybet offer, and it's around the Cheltenham Festival, obviously, and it's a very generous one. So make a note of this. It's money back if you lose on the opening race of the festival, the Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle, £10 maximum refund. My dreaded producer, Ant, tells me I've got to read this out. He makes me do this every week, but here it goes. For those that don't know, it's first bet only and win singles or win part of each way singles only. Free bets and cashed out bets are excluded. Terms and conditions are on the Skybet website. You've got to be 18 or over to bet and be gamblerware.org. You can find, as I say, the Studs Up Double in the specials market on the horse racing section of Skybet. Good luck with that. We've recapped the Studs Up squad for Cheltenham. And Chaz, what, I thought that was utterly fascinating from both Daryl and, and Henry de Bromhead. And it set me up perfectly for Cheltenham. Are you ready, mate? I'm buzzing, mate. I'm just going to get my last little... Get my horses in order, ready to go for next week. But they both both point me in the right direction. Hopefully, they've pointed the rest of the listeners. Look, I'm buzzing for the festival, and um, hopefully, we can all have a few winners. And you'll obviously be training. You'll be playing certain matches and stuff throughout next week. But will there be much talk in the dressing rooms up and down the country? Football dressing rooms yeah, about the course. festival. Will, will there? Yeah. There'll be plenty of messages going around asking who's got the tips and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It always goes on this time of year. Now, everybody just buzzes off it, don't they? Whether they're involved in it full-time or whether they're involved in it just for the big meetings, do you know what I mean? But there'll be plenty of chat going around starting on Monday morning regarding the Cheltenham Festival. And you know what you reply? You say, lads, you've got to listen to Studs Up. That's where all Correct. the winners are. Um, Couldn't and have said it better you... myself, pal. <laughs> loads of you have been listening, liking, subscribing, and we really appreciate all your support. We started a few weeks ago on this road to Cheltenham and Cheltenham is here. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in, who's enjoyed the episodes, who's commented, who's rated us and, as I say, who's told all their friends about it. We've had a hell of a time doing it. We'll be back at the week after Cheltenham to recap on the events that we saw from one of the greatest sporting arenas that there is anywhere in the world. And we will recap everything that we've seen and hopefully we'll be revelling in plenty of winners Chaz, thank you so much, as always, mate, for your work throughout the course of the series. The series isn't done yet. We've got Cheltenham on the horizon. And as I say, hopefully plenty of winners coming your way. It's been a pleasure, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And look, strike partners, I couldn't have asked for a better one, mate. I've got you, the ultimate pro. <laughs> You're very sweet, mate. You're very sweet. Uh, don't forget that uh, we will be back next time the week after Cheltenham. So, as I say, we'll recap all the events. But a, a massive thanks to Oddschecker and Skybet, who power studs up, uh, to all the team who have worked on it. And um, all I can say to round it all off is 
enjoy Cheltenham as a sport. It's a wonderful occasion and uh, we touched on it a moment ago, but there genuinely is no better place to showcase everything that is wonderful about horse racing. And I hope you enjoy it as much as we all will. Take care and good luck.